AFF on Air, the Australian Frequent Flyer podcast is boarding. Step on board for the latest news, tips and tricks for Australian travellers. Your captain, Matt Graham, now invites you to sit back, relax and enjoy the episode. G'day and welcome to episode 58 of AFF On Air. It's Saturday the 17th of April 2021. And it's been a big couple of weeks for Australian aviation, but probably the biggest news of the last fortnight is the announcement of a two-way trans-Tasman bubble, finally, from next Monday. Later in the episode, we'll hear what Qantas CEO Alan Joyce has to say about the launch of trans-Tasman flights, as well as the recovery of domestic aviation and the reopening of Qantas's international airport lounges. Also coming up, I chat to a Qantas employee who started his own baking business while he was stood down and stuck at home last year on JobKeeper. He's now back working in the Qantas head office, but in the meantime, his bakery business has really taken off. And later in the episode, I'll tell you about the new Elite Status Fast Tracks on offer from both Qantas and also two Star Alliance Airlines, Air New Zealand and Singapore Airlines. But first, we'll begin, as always, with a roundup of the latest airline and frequent flyer news from the past fortnight. And as I mentioned just before, quarantine-free flights between Australia and New Zealand will start from Monday, the 19th of April, when the long-awaited Trans-Tasman travel bubble finally becomes a reality. Qantas, Air New Zealand and Jetstar will all resume regular Trans-Tasman flights from Monday, with Qantas and Air New Zealand in particular now selling an extensive range of Trans-Tasman routes from destinations around Australia to Auckland, Wellington, Christchurch and Queenstown. Qantas is even launching two brand new routes from Cairns and the Gold Coast to Auckland, and Air New Zealand plans to launch a new route of its own from Auckland to Hobart in Tasmania. Virgin Australia is not resuming any flights to New Zealand for now, but currently plans to return to New Zealand starting from September with flights to Queenstown. In October last year, the Australian government had already removed its quarantine requirement for travellers coming from New Zealand on special quarantine-free flights, but the New Zealand government hadn't reciprocated yet until now. A few weeks ago, in preparation for this announcement, the Australian government had already quietly removed the requirement for Australian citizens to uh, apply for an exemption to travel to New Zealand, and the Australian government has also now downgraded its travel advice for New Zealand to Level 2, with the Smart Smart Traveller website advising Australians simply to exercise a high degree of caution in New Zealand due to the ongoing risk of COVID-19 outbreaks. The official advice for all other countries remains at Level 4, which is do not travel, so that's uh, pretty good, actually. Quarantine-free green zone flights across the Tasman will be available only to travellers who have not been in an overseas uh, COVID-19 hotspot during the last 14 days, and the crew operating those uh, green zone flights will also only be allowed to do that if they've not been to any hotspots or other countries in the past fortnight. And of course, masks will be mandatory on board those trans-Tasman flights. So it's, it's overall really, really good news. However, New Zealand's Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern has warned that travelling across the Tasman is not yet risk-free. If there is a future COVID-19 outbreak in Australia or New Zealand, either government could reimpose additional travel restrictions. Here's some of what Jacinda Ardern had to say last week. While we absolutely wish to encourage family and friends to reunite and visitors to come and enjoy the hospitality New Zealand is ready and waiting to offer, Those undertaking travel on either side of the ditch will do so under the guidance of flyer beware. 
People will need to plan for the possibility of having travel disrupted if there is an outbreak. But to help people plan ahead and make decisions around their travel, we want to share as much information as we can about our decision making. Just as we have our alert level settings for managing cases in New Zealand, we will also now have a framework for managing an outbreak in Australia. Once we know about a case in Australia, we will have three possible responses when it comes to flights and access to our border. And we've captured these with a framework based on continue, pause or suspend. As you'll see from the material provided, we've set out the types of scenarios that could lead to each response. They broadly follow the kinds of decisions that you'd see if there was a case here. For instance, if a case is found that is quite clearly linked to a border worker and a quarantine facility and is well contained, you'd likely see travel continue in the same way as you would see life continue if that happened here in New Zealand. If, however, a case was found that was not clearly linked to the border and a state responded by a short lockdown to identify more information, we'd likely pause flights from that state in the same way we would stop travel into and out of a region in New Zealand if it were going into a short lockdown. And if we saw multiple cases of unknown origin, we would likely suspend flights for a set period of time. In each of these situations, travellers in an affected state should expect two things. First, that they must follow the guidelines given to them locally. Second, that when travel does resume and they're able to come to New Zealand again, they could be asked to do one of four things depending on the risk. Either simply monitor their symptoms on return. Two, take a test before they depart. Three, isolate on arrival. Or four, possibly in some situations, go into managed isolation for up to 14 days. The New Zealand government has also said that it won't be providing assistance to travellers who get caught out by this, so it really is a case of flyer beware. But that hasn't stopped lots of people, especially Australians, from booking trans-Tasman tickets, and Qantas and Air New Zealand have both reported very strong demand for bookings, which is great news. From next Monday, both Qantas and Air New Zealand will also start to reopen some of their international airport lounges in line with that demand. Qantas will reopen its International Business Lounge in Brisbane, along with its excellent first-class lounges in Sydney and Melbourne. And Air New Zealand will reopen in Australia its international lounges in Sydney, Melbourne, Brisbane and Perth, and over in New Zealand in Auckland, Wellington, Christchurch and Queenstown. Qantas customers will also have temporary access to those four Air New Zealand lounges across the ditch until Qantas reopens its own lounges in New Zealand. And I'll have more on this a little bit later in the podcast. So many Australians are now booking trips to New Zealand, but airfares are considerably higher than they were before COVID-19. This is partly due to less competition and um, just the way things are at the moment, but the government and airport taxes have also gone up considerably. On a return ticket from Sydney to Wellington, for example, the taxes and charges alone, and that's before any of the airline's actual airfare, add up to a whopping $243.60 per passenger. The increase in these taxes and charges is almost entirely due to changes on the Australian side. The charges on international flights departing from Brisbane Airport, for example, have gone up by $45.86 for a return trip since last year. Charges on tickets from Sydney have increased by $46.76, and Melbourne Airport's charges have had the smallest increase, going up by $26.62. 
And as Qantas returns to New Zealand in a big way, it's also recently expanded the footprint of its Qantas Frequent Flyer loyalty program on the ground in New Zealand. Last month, Qantas Frequent Flyer signed a new deal with AA Smart Fuel, which is one of New Zealand's largest loyalty programs. With the new partnership, New Zealanders can convert their fuel discounts that they earn at retailers like Countdown Supermarkets into Qantas points. Qantas Frequent Flyer is now also temporarily waiving its joining fee for New Zealand residents, and in New Zealand that joining fee is normally $60. Meanwhile, things are also looking really good in terms of domestic borders right here in Australia. At this stage, there is still only one domestic border in the country which is closed, with Western Australia still forcing people, as of now, coming from Queensland into quarantine for 14 days. But this is set to change on Monday, the same day that the Trans-Tasman bubble opens up, meaning that from Monday all of Australia's internal borders will once again fully be open as well. In other news, 7-Eleven has applied for ACCC authorization to partner with Virgin Australia's Velocity Frequent Flight program for at least five years. Under the proposed arrangement, Velocity Frequent Flyer members would be able to earn and redeem points at all 7-Eleven petrol stations and convenience stores across Australia. Virgin Australia's Velocity program previously had quite an extensive partnership with BP petrol stations in Australia, but this ended in January 2020 when BP launched its own BP Rewards program in partnership with Qantas Frequent Flyer. Qantas and Jetstar have both reported that their domestic capacity is almost back to, or even in some cases slightly above, pre-COVID levels. Virgin Australia also says that their demand for domestic flights is now so high that they're looking to lease another 10 Boeing 737s and hire more cabin crew. These are really great signs that the domestic market is recovering. And meanwhile, Jetstar will shortly begin operating Boeing 787 Dreamliners on its routes from Sydney and Melbourne to Cairns and the Gold Coast. Regional Express has opened a new temporary lounge at Canberra Airport ahead of its launch of Canberra to Sydney flights from next Monday. All Rex passengers will be given access to this lounge in Canberra for the next three months. But guests will only be entitled to one free complimentary non-alcoholic drink with additional snacks, beer and wine costing extra unless you're a Rex lounge member. The temporary lounge space is in the old international departures area upstairs in Canberra Airport, which for obvious reasons isn't being used at the moment. Rex says that it's working with Canberra Airport to find a space for a more permanent lounge down the track. 15 of the 20 IBIS budget hotels in Australia now participate in the Accor All Loyalty Program. When booking direct and staying at most Accor properties, Accor all members can normally earn rewards points, status points and qualifying nights towards status, as well as redeeming points towards award nights. But a small number of Accor hotel exceptions do not participate in the Accor or loyalty program at all. This includes the IBIS budget hotels in most countries and until recently also included the 20 IBIS budget hotels in Australia. But now, the only Accor Group hotels in Australia that don't participate in Accor's loyalty program are the IBIS budgets at Melbourne Airport, Sydney Airport, Sydney East, Gosford and Windsor Brisbane, and for some reason also the Grand McEwer Apartments in the Hunter Valley. Air Canada is finally offering refunds to all customers whose flights were affected by COVID-19, including customers who had already been issued with unwanted travel credits. Air Canada customers who wish to apply for a refund will need to do so by the 12th of June. Virgin Australia is again offering triple velocity points when you book a Virgin Australia domestic flight by the 25th of April 2021. 
With this offer, you'll earn at least 15 velocity points per dollar spent on Virgin flights, but only for travel between the 1st of June this year and the 8th of March 2022. And to use this offer, you'll first need to activate the offer on the Velocity website. And Qantas has brought back in-flight entertainment on most domestic flights, and it will be offered on all Trans-Tasman flights as well from next Monday. After being switched off for a year, Qantas's in-flight entertainment has been progressively rolled back out from the start of this month, and Qantas continues to also offer free Wi-Fi on most mainline domestic flights. That's what's making news on australianfrequentflyer.com.au this fortnight. You can stay up to date between podcasts by subscribing to the Australian Frequent Flyer Gazette to get the latest Frequent Flyer news straight to your inbox for free every Monday and Thursday morning. Last Thursday, Qantas announced that from next week, it will be reopening its flagship first-class lounges in Sydney and Melbourne. I was invited to the media event which took place on Thursday inside the Qantas First Lounge in Sydney, and I have to say firstly that it was kind of surreal heading airside into the international departures area at Sydney Airport, which is something I haven't done in over a year, and things were still very, very quiet in the international terminal. Many of the shops over there remained closed, some of them were really looked permanently boarded up, and they were also doing some major construction work sort of in the main concourse area as you leave the security checkpoint, although duty-free was very much open and there were a lot of duty-free staff for not that many customers, Um, but at least that's still an option for people departing from Sydney for now. It won't stay this quiet though for much longer with the Trans-Tasman bubble starting on Monday. Many of the staff working in the Qantas First Lounge in Sydney were there on Thursday morning for that media event, including Nestor, who I'm sure many frequent flyers will recognise. He's the kind man who's often standing outside the First Lounge, greeting first-class passengers and platinum frequent flyers before they head up the escalators into the First Lounge. He's quite well known with frequent flyers. He's a great guy. And like everyone else, he was wearing a mask, but I I know that he had a huge smile (laughs) behind that mask, and he was really happy to be back at work. And I mean, everyone was. Another staff member there told me that she couldn't sleep the night before because she was just so excited to be returning to work after more than a year of being stood down. And so there was really an unmistakable feeling of optimism there. Qantas CEO Alan Joyce spoke at the event about the reopening of the airline's international lounges, as well as the restart of international flights, Qantas's partnership with Accor, and an update on the strong recovery of the Australian domestic market. Here's some of what Alan had to say. New Zealand is a big market for us. New Zealand is the largest international market in and out of Australia. It's got the biggest amount of, um, in terms of New Zealand, the biggest tourism market into New Zealand is Australians going there. And the second biggest market into Australia after China has been before COVID, Kiwis coming here. So overall, it is by far and volume the biggest international market. And what we're doing is going back in in style and in force onto the Kiwi market. We, we are adding around 100 flights a week. We're going to be opening these lounges and we're going to be opening the lounges in Sydney, Melbourne and Brisbane uh, to cope with trans-Tasman traffic. And the best part about the lounges that we're opening, they are in Sydney and Melbourne, going to be the first class lounges. So it is a product at the top of Qantas's game. And for the first time in our history, we're going to allow gold members, Qantas club members, and business, uh, business travel into this lounge. 
because there will be enough spades until the rest of the international operation gets up and running. So that's a big improvement in the product that people are going to be offered. And when you see the notice board coming up, the flight information board coming up a bit later, you'll see also across the Tasman that we'll be adding around 16 flights a day from Monday. Half of them, seven of those flights, are 8330s. So it's an even better product. And you will have, at some stage, the 787s operating on the TASPA to get our pilots' errors and operation up and running. That's a superb product. I talked to Simon earlier, and I know he's going to mention this. A lot of airlines are cutting back on product and service. We're investing in it and improving it from what it has been even before COVID. And it's going to be a great experience for people traveling across the TASPA. I will also want to thank Greg Foran of Air New Zealand and his management. They've done a lot of work with Steph and the team about opening up the New Zealand lounges and we have done an interim deal with Air New Zealand where our customers get access to their lounges in Auckland, Christchurch, Queensland, uh, Queenstown, <laughs> Queensland, we have our own lounges in Queensland, Queenstown, Queenstown and Wellington which is great for our customers, again, in terms of the product. And we'll be opening some of our lounges to Air New Zealand in Australia. I have to say, um, Neil's going to talk a little bit later about the menu that's, that's going to be offered here. Uh, but one of the dishes, the signature dishes that we do, is Neil's famous pavlova. And you've probably seen that Greg Foran sent me, um, in the spirit of good, healthy competition, a kiwi pavlova a couple of weeks ago, um, which is a very generous gift, except the pavlova was covered in kiwi fruit, and I'm highly allergic to kiwi fruit. <laughs> so I don't know who's trying, I don't know who's trying, I don't know who's trying to get rid of me. <laughs> uh, and one of the things we are going to do is to, to repay the compliment, we're going to send him, uh, we're going to send him Neil's uh, passion fruit pavlova across to New Zealand so he can taste the best and the original pavlova <laughs> and that will be coming soon, especially baked by Neil. I haven't asked him but I'm sure he will do that for us. And I hope, Greg, you're not allergic to passion fruit because that, that would be a bad look. Um, so can I also can I also say that you know for us the demand on the New Zealand market is being massive. Uh, we've seen a huge uptake for people out of Australia wanting to travel on those routes. In fact, the, the, the demand in the last week has been way ahead out of Australia than it was two years ago in terms of demand for those seats. We still have a little bit of work to do in New Zealand. The Kiwis. Um, like some of the states in Australia have probably been under the Dooner or the Duvet for too long and the demand over there is not strong as out of Australia. But I think as New Zealand gets cold and Queensland becomes more attractive, we're going to get a lot more Kiwis wanting to come over to Australia and that will allow us to build up the capacity and build up the services that are operating there. Now, as I mentioned earlier, one of the key parts of this lounge that works really well for us is the relationship with Accor. And that relationship goes back now 14 years. And Graham Wilson, who's over there, uh, was instrumental in pulling this agreement together. Accor run our lounges uh, here and overseas and do an amazing job. They're part of the family. The staff are part of the family. 
they feel like they're Qantas employees, they feel like they contribute to Qantas every day. And we're so excited that we were able to sign a new deal for seven years with Accor that will continue that relationship. And we know we produce the best lounges in the world. Thanks to the combination of Mark Newsom and David Kane's design, Neil's food, and a core customer service. And that is going to continue now for at least the next seven years, which is a great vote of confidence in our lounge proposition. And we will be opening up the international lounges bit by bit as the international market resumes, and a core plays a key role for us in that. The other thing I wanted to mention is that we've had some really good news about the domestic operation. We've seen over Easter demand and capacity get back to levels that were equivalent to pre-COVID, just about. And it's probably no surprise in that, because we are in a position uh, where we've had the longest period of border openings that we've had for over a year. What we are now seeing is that there is huge demand for leisure, and it is above pre-COVID levels. So Jetstar is going to be above 100% of its pre-COVID capacity. It already is, and we're planning that to continue in the fourth quarter. And as a result of that extra demand, we are actually increasing the capacity we have on domestic markets. So instead of 80% of pre-COVID capacity levels for the group in the fourth quarter, we now believe that capacity will be at least 90%, which gets there over 100%. And we are so confident about demand going into financial year 2022, that we are going to see Jetstar be permanently 120% above pre-COVID levels, filling the gaps and the opportunities that are left in this domestic market uh, with no other low-cost carrier. And we're going to see Qantas operating at 107% of pre-COVID domestic. Now that's great for our customers. It gives more destinations. And in fact, we've launched 36 new destinations in the last few months around the domestic market. It's great for employees because we now have all of our domestic employees back working. And it's great for the company that we are now getting all of our aircraft, 90% of our fleet is back activated. So the spirit is back. The spirit is growing again. And what we are seeing, which I'm very proud of, is the fact that we're getting so many people back to work. We're getting so much of our operation back and up and running. And talking to the staff here, uh, we, we have 64 people that are now working for Monday that weren't working for over the last year, just for this lounge. And nearly all the staff there were here with us before COVID hit and wanted to come back even though they found other employment. We're finding that across the company. People have found temporary things to do and they're now getting back and wanting to work for the company because Qantas is such a great brand, such a great product and such a great culture and I'm pretty proud of that. Neil Perry, who's been Qantas' celebrity chef ambassador since 1997, can you believe it, also spoke at the event about some of the food they'll be offering in the Qantas First Lounge when it reopens next week. You know, we've done some tinkering with the food to, to make sure that we can deliver and we can do the volume. And so some of the things that we will be doing here are going to be, of course, our fabulous signatures from the first class lounge. Uh, 
AB wouldn't let us do, do it, uh, open it without the squid, so we have to have that. Uh, the pavlova, of course, and the fantastic lamb noodles in the evening menu that come from Spice Temple. Again, we love the interaction of our incredible restaurants with, with, with the First Class Lounge. Uh, and breakfast starting with my healthy bircher muesli or wonderful corn cakes and things that we just had. And uh, the kids, I don't know if they've gone around yet, I haven't seen one, but I'm sure they've been cooking up those beautiful brioche toasties. At the media event, the lounge staff were coming around with highlights from the first-class menu, including some old favourites like salt and pepper squid and corn fritters, which of course are backed by popular demand. But there was also something there which I didn't recognise from previous lounge menus. They were serving these little French cakes called canelés, and I discovered that they had actually been hand-baked by a Qantas employee called Carl Hervé. Before COVID-19, Carl had been working in revenue management for Qantas, but after being stood down and stuck at home on JobKeeper, he decided to start a small bakery business selling these delicious handmade French pastries from his home. Carl's now back, luckily, working full-time for Qantas, but while he was stood down, he managed to turn his business, which is called My Little Canelet, into quite a successful business. In fact, he still gets up at 4am every Saturday morning to bake a fresh batch of cakes, and they're so good that even Qantas has become one of his customers. I sat down with Carl, who told me all about it. Yeah, so I joined Qantas three years ago uh, in revenue, revenue management, and uh, during COVID, uh, due to COVID, I've been stood down... Uh, I've been student for one year, and uh, because I was tired to do a lot of casual job to uh, uh, get the finance for the family, I uh, decided to open this uh, little business. Uh, so this is um, uh, basically I'm baking a French pastry, a unique, a unique French pastry because you can find it mainly in Bordeaux in France, uh, and uh, it's not well known in Australia. And uh, at the beginning, I wasn't just thinking selling maybe one box every weekend and uh, and uh, finally uh, I sold uh, thousands of uh, of uh, uh, cannoli so this is the name of the pastry um, so so yeah it works really well but now I come back to Qantas uh, this is my normal job and uh, by respect uh, for all the customers who support me during this uh, crisis I will uh, keep selling this cannoli but uh, uh, just on the weekend uh, and on the or other event, but I will not open any shop. So you've been uh, rehired by Qantas now. You're back in your job as a revenue manager, but I believe you're still baking these every Saturday. Yeah, that, that's it. Yeah. So what I do uh, is to make sure I have my life balance with the uh, with the kids and the uh, and the family. What I do is uh, I take pre-order and uh, every Saturday morning or even Sunday morning, I wake up at 4 a.m. I bake uh, the cannelli and. Uh, at uh, 8 a.m., uh, people come to pick up the box or during the the morning, and uh, uh, I have my day with the, with the kids, and uh, I can still train them uh, train them at soccer and uh, this kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's great. And and Qantas is now serving your canales. Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah, canales. Yes, canales. So yeah. What they will do is uh, they ask me if uh, it will be okay, like for ad hoc event. Uh, or yeah, other event with the chairman so, or whoever. Um, if I uh, accept just to provide uh, this pastry, uh, so time to time, um, and uh, yeah, so obviously I will do it. Yeah. Yeah. Every, everyone loves it, so yeah. Oh, they're really tasty. I've tried one; they're really nice. <laughs> um, the business is called My Little Canale. If you're interested, you can look it up. Um, but yeah, it's great. It's great to hear uh, what Qantas employees and airline employees generally have been doing while you know the industry has obviously been in a downturn. And it's great that you've had this initiative. Do you know if your other colleagues at Qantas have um, also started business? 
businesses or gone into other employment while they were stood down over the last year? Yes, uh, I know. I know, I know someone who started a burger business and uh, uh, Fatas Burger. That's the name of the of the business. He gave me some advice also, so that's why I refer him here. Uh, um, I heard about the stories that people opened the business, but. Uh, uh, I know that a lot of people also did casual job, working for calls, woolies, or uh, gardening. Or, yeah, this is what I did to be honest before starting this business. Yeah, what you can to get by. Exactly. But most of your colleagues now are back at work. Uh, yes, yes. Uh, so uh, in revenue management, we go back on hundred uh, percent um, because we have a good expectation for international market to uh, uh, reopen and starting with Tasman uh, next uh, next week. Um, and uh, but personally, I moved to sales division uh, on Monday, okay. uh, last Monday. So I'm uh, I'm new now in the sales division, and uh, yeah, we uh, we're a full team. So. Oh, that's great! Well, it's it's really wonderful to hear that you guys are back at work and that you've um, had some interesting initiatives during the lockdown. Thanks, Carl, for joining me on the podcast. No problem. Thanks a lot. <laughs> If you've been enjoying this podcast, you may be interested to know that I also host eight webinars per year for AFF's sister website, Frequent Flyer Solutions. Each interactive hour-long online webinar covers a timely topic of interest to frequent flyers and anyone in Australia looking to travel better for less. The next webinar will be held at 8pm Australian Eastern Standard Time on Wednesday the 28th of April 2021 and the topic is Qantas Points Club. If you'd like to attend any Frequent Flyer Solutions webinar, you will need to register in advance. For more information, visit frequentflyer.com.au. At the end of last year, as you might remember, Qantas offered a gold status fast track to Australian residents who already had status with another competing airline. Well, right after the Trans-Tasman bubble was announced last week, Qantas also announced that its status fast-track offer was back, and this time, surprise, surprise, New Zealand residents are also invited to apply. To be eligible for this offer, firstly, you would need to live in Australia or New Zealand, and currently have the equivalent of gold or higher status with one of 16 other airlines, and as you'd expect, that list does include Virgin Australia and Air New Zealand. Now, if you qualify, you can then complete an expression of interest form. You have until the 30th of April to do that. And if approved, you'll then have three months to earn 100 Qantas status credits in order to earn gold Qantas status until the end of your next Qantas Frequent Flyer membership year. So at least one year or possibly even longer. Now, you could easily earn 100 status credits by flying between Australia and New Zealand, going business class one way and economy back the other way. For example, you could fly over from Australia to New Zealand in economy, earn 20 or 25 status credits, depending on whether you book a sale or a saver ticket. And then for the return journey, you could book one of those special 505 New Zealand dollar one-way business class tickets from Auckland to the Gold Coast and earn 80 status credits for that. And I just mentioned that specifically because although a lot of the Qantas Trans-Tasman flights at the moment are looking quite expensive in business class, there is a sale on from Auckland to the Gold Coast. It's $505 New Zealand dollars in business class, which is quite a good deal uh, at the moment. Now, that's not all. So with the Qantas Fast Track offer, during the three-month trial, you do also receive complimentary Qantas Club membership. So if you fly to New Zealand from Sydney or Melbourne during your three-month trial, as we've just discussed, that does mean that you'll be able to use the excellent Qantas First Class lounges. Not bad, eh? 
Well, not to be outdone, Air New Zealand has now matched the offer from Qantas. Until the 7th of May 2021, Australian and New Zealand residents who already have the equivalent of gold or higher status with basically any airline other than Cathay Pacific or another Star Alliance airline can apply for what Air New Zealand is calling its touch of gold offer. And so basically, you know, Qantas Gold or higher would would qualify for that, Virgin Australia Velocity Gold or Platinum or many other international airlines. If you've got status, you might be eligible for that. So if you're approved for the touch of gold offer, you then get four months of Air New Zealand Airpoints gold status, which is equivalent to Star Alliance gold membership. And that gives you access to all the Air New Zealand lounges when flying with them, as well as a bunch of other benefits. If you then earn at least 100 Airpoints status points, which is basically the Air New Zealand equivalent of status credits, from Air New Zealand flights within those four months, your gold status will then be extended by another eight months. So basically, you then would get a full year of Air New Zealand gold membership. And if you complete the challenge in those four months, you'll also get two recognition upgrades, which you can use to upgrade flights to business class. And that's something that Qantas doesn't give you. But what if you don't yet have status with any airline or perhaps you don't want to fly? Well, not to worry. There's yet another new promotion from a different Star Alliance airline that could be for you, which has just been announced in the last two weeks as well. In fact, with this, F- with this offer, you don't even need to step foot on a plane. Singapore Airlines has launched a new lucrative new promotion that makes it possible to earn silver or gold status in the airline's Chris Flyer Frequent Flyer program simply by converting credit card points into Chris Flyer miles. And so Singapore Airlines Chris Flyer Silver or Gold is equivalent to Star Alliance Silver or Gold. And if you get the gold status, that comes with benefits across the entire Star Alliance network, including lounge access on airlines which include Air New Zealand, because Air New Zealand, of course, is also a Star Alliance member. And as well as that, Chris Flyer Gold Elite members receive lounge access with up to one guest when flying with Virgin Australia. And the other benefits on Virgin Australia include extra baggage allowance, priority boarding, priority baggage, and priority check-in. So you get benefits not only on Singapore Airlines and Star Alliance, but also on Virgin Australia with uh, Chris Flyer status. Virgin Australia, of course, being a partner of Singapore Airlines. So how does this offer work? Well, the Singapore Airlines campaign is called Unlock Status Credits Without Flying. And this campaign is running until the 28th of February 2022. So you actually have plenty of time as well. You don't have to rush to do anything right away. But with this promotion, basically, you can earn Chris Flyer Elite Miles, which are basically the equivalent of status credits, and they count towards Singapore Airlines Chris Flyer Elite status by doing things like converting bank points to Chris Flyer Miles. And there's a bunch of other things you can do on the ground, which include things like shopping with Chris Shop. And during this campaign, you receive one Chris Flyer Elite Mile for every five Chris Flyer Regular Miles that you convert from bank points to Chris Flyer Miles. Um, and the only catch really is that you need to convert at least the equivalent of 10,000 Chris Flyer miles from a bank program at a time in order for them to qualify for the Elite Miles offer. Now, considering that Singapore Airlines, the Chris Flyer program, partners with most Australian banks, except for Combank for some reason, um, but it does partner with most of the rest of them, this makes it quite accessible if you have lots of points sitting in an Australian credit card rewards program. To earn Chris Flyer Gold status, you would normally need to earn 50,000 Elite Miles within 12 months. 
So what that means is to get gold status, you would need to transfer the equivalent of at least 250,000 Chris Flyer miles from your credit card. And you just have to do that by the 28th of February, 2022. Now, to give you an idea, 250,000 Chris Flyer miles would be equivalent to 500,000 American Express membership rewards, St. George Amplify rewards, Diners Club rewards, or HSBC rewards plus points. It would be equivalent to 625,000 points with City Rewards or Suncorp Rewards. And because there's a 3 to 1 conversion rate with ANZ Rewards, NAB Rewards or Westpac Altitude, it would be equivalent to 750,000 points in any of those three programs. So by transferring the equivalent of those 250,000 Chris Flyer miles to Singapore Airlines by February next year, You will, of course, receive your Chris Fly Gold status for one year from the date that um, you transfer the miles by, I guess. But of course, you then also have 250,000 Chris Flyer miles to spend. And that's really not a bad conundrum because Chris Flyer is, of course, one of the most competitive frequent flyer programs in the Asia Pacific region for international flight redemptions. And if you redeem your Chris Flyer miles to travel with Singapore Airlines, there's no fuel or carrier surcharges either, like there is with Qantas Frequent Flyer, for example. Now, to give you an idea, it would cost 232,000 Chris Flyer miles to book a return Singapore Airlines business class ticket from Australia to Europe. Or, and this is even better, it's 240,000 Chris Flyer miles to book a Star Alliance round-the-world ticket with up to seven stopovers. So your 250,000 Chris Flyer miles certainly are not going to go to waste. However, as we did discuss in the last episode of this podcast, Chris Flyer miles do expire after three years, regardless of your account activity. Now, because this promotion is running until the end of February next year, and because the miles do expire after a fixed amount of time, you might prefer to wait until maybe early next year to actually take them up on the offer. And also because um, the the Chris Flyer status is only going to last for 12 months once you earn it. And so it might also be better to wait until a few more international borders have opened up and then you're going to get a little bit more value out of your Star Alliance status. Um, so yeah, it could be a little, could be an idea to wait, but that's definitely something to keep in mind if you have quite a lot of credit card points um, or you have the ability to earn quite a lot of credit card points by February next year. That's just about all for this episode of AFF On Air. Thanks, as always, so much for listening. And before I go, I just want to give a quick shout-out to Angela at the Virgin Australia Lounge in Canberra. I was flying through Canberra Airport a couple of weeks ago, and when I checked into the Virgin Australia Lounge, Angela behind the counter told me that she's a regular listener to the podcast. And I was wearing a mask, but she said that she recognised my voice from the podcast. So it's great to know that airline staff do have an interest in frequent flyer programs and all the other stuff that's happening out there in aviation. Thanks so much for listening, Angela. And thanks also to Marl for the kind review recently on Apple Podcasts. Marl said in his review that the podcast is a great flying resource with all the insider tips you would ever want to know. Well, thank you so much, Marl. I really, really appreciate that. And if you're also enjoying the podcast, don't forget to leave your own review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you happen to be listening. And don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already on your favorite podcasting platform to receive every episode as soon as it's released. For more information about anything discussed in today's episode, you can check out the episode notes and you'll also find a link there to the AFF on Air discussion thread on the Australian Frequent Flyer Forum where you can ask me a question if you would like me to talk about something in a future episode. I'm Matt Graham and I'll be back next fortnight with more news, tips and tricks for Australian travellers. Until then, safe travels. Listener.